This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. And I say this every time. <laughs> Sorry, this is our second time doing the intro, and I said this last time, so it's funny to me. But I am really excited for this episode. This is going to be yeah. a fantastic one for everybody. It really is. We have Ryan Blazer on the podcast, and he owns the company called Test My Home. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, Thank Ryan. you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, we are really excited. So we've spent all day with Ryan today as he was literally testing every single aspect of our home. And I cannot tell you how many times my mind just blew to pieces because of all of these massive aha moments. So do, do we, okay, I'm going to quickly tell you guys the story on how we got into EMFs. And then I'm going to let Ryan just tell us his story and everything. Do we want to do that? You're looking at me weird. Am I? Am I yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think that's exactly we're, we really want to introduce everybody to yeah. the concept of how your environment is affecting your oh health. My gosh. And yeah. we'll talk about that as we get into it. There are other aspects of your health that are really important. We talk about nutrition a lot mm-hmm. on this, but that's not all that there is to it. Yeah. You can do everything perfectly with your nutrition and still be very, very sick. We yeah. see it happen all the time. And this mm-hmm. is one of the areas where things can really go wrong for yep. people. And, and that's why what Ryan does is so important. Yeah. He's the environment expert. He makes sure everything is taken care of so that your body can do its thing and heal and repair and not be so exposed to inflammation. Um, just before he takes over, um, in our clinic, we do these hair analyses where it measures vitamins, minerals, um, all of these things. And one of the pages that always was so, so confusing to me was the EMF page. And when that showed up really strong for people that they were really um, uh, affected by EMFs, uh, I would make recommendations. I would say like, switch off your Wi-Fi or don't you know, have your Apple watch on you. And people would come back and they, they would say things like, I'm sleeping so much better. My headaches are going away. My tinnitus is going away. And that just blew my mind because I didn't realize how important that was. And as we started going down this rabbit hole, it was frightening. It was frightening that we do not have enough. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? We don't have enough knowledge on this area and we should. Yeah. We really should. You you call it a rabbit hole, but really this is something everybody should be educated on. Everyone. This isn't something where it should just be a few radical people Mm -hmm. on the side. So that's what we're going to do today. Well, Ryan is. So Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got into this? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I've been an electrical engineer for 20 years now. Uh, When I started my career, I was designing and building recording studios and broadcast studios, uh, high-end churches, anything that had to do with audio, visual, electronics and stuff. And so in those environments, it's really important to not have electromagnetic interference or Mm -hmm. EMF, electromagnetic fields. And so I got really good at tracking down electric fields, magnetic fields, and making sure that the environment that they're recording in is, is a clean environment electrically. In doing so and spending time in those areas, I found that my health, I felt much better when I was in these recording studios, in these high-end churches. And then I'd go back to my office under the fluorescent lights in front of my computer and my cell phone, and I'd start to feel crummy again. And so after a while, I kind of made a connection between my health and the EMF levels around me, the electrical impulses that were affecting my body. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I you know, sold the company and took a year, few years off and did some studying and really researching how does our environment affect our bodies and does it. And part of my study, and I'd go up in the mountains and where there was no EMF, clean water, and I would feel amazing. And as soon as mm-hmm. I get back into the environment and cell phones and TVs and everything, 
all of my symptoms would come back again. And so to really dive into what I, what I wanted to know about the environment, I took a job working with the broadband RF installation. And so kind of the dirty side of things, the dark side and, um, <laughs> you know, learned as much as I could about it. And then I worked with the department of environmental quality for a while and, and learned all about air and what the environment can do for us. And then took a job working for the government at a nuclear facility doing mm-hmm. a nuclear waste cleanup and testing. And, you know, in all these jobs, I learned as much as I could and asked as many questions. And, and at the end of it, I've realized that the environment has so much to do with our health and has such so a role much. and such a play in how our overall quality of life is. Totally. And here's one of the things that we love about Ryan is that his knowledge is not just from the books. Mm-hmm. It's not just from living life. It's a combination of the two, which is what mm-hmm. we're always striving for. We want to make sure that there's some kind of uh, research backing for what we talk about, mm-hmm. but we also want it to be clinically applicable or real life yeah. applicable. And Absolutely. that's exactly what Ryan's life has been. That's what makes him such a great authority on this mm-hmm. subject. Now, one of the reasons why this subject is so important that we want you guys to listen to Ryan is because he just told us something about how in Switzerland, it was Switzerland, right? Mm-hmm. How they have all of these regulations around EMFs and the United States does not. And so this is one of those points where it's like, we need to be proactive about this. We need to know what we are, like who we're in bed with basically, and then um, really uh, take action to protect ourselves and to protect our children, especially. Um, One of the questions I asked Ryan, I'm going to ask her right now. Ryan, do you let your kids play in their cell phones? Uh, (laughs) That's a good question. No, I don't. No, no, if I put it on airplane mode, I'll let them play some games and stuff. But if Mm -hmm. they want to talk on the phone, it goes on speakerphone and I put it on the counter. So at least two foot distance from, I don't want it up against their head. And can you explain to our listeners why that is so important? And, And remember, he's the expert, you guys. Like this is a guy who is extremely, extremely careful with how their kids are exposed to their cell phones. So cell phones were tested against, uh, adults, a male adult as far as hazard to your health. And they set the limit to the point where it started to cause thermal effects. So when the FCC set the limits where they are, they did testing. And when your skin starts to heat up, when you actually start to burn and cook, that's kind of where they set the limit and said, this is safe. They didn't really set the levels in accordance with any internal biological effects, Mm -hmm. what it's doing psychologically or in our cells. So because of that, we're basically experimenting on this generation that we have now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're not seeing a lot of the full effects all the way yet. And so, you know, we don't really know fully what's going to happen right. with all this EMF that we're putting around us. And so for me and my family, I want to take the precautionary apo- approach mm-hmm. and limit as much as possible. Yep. And so you guys, if your kids are playing on phones, put them on airplane mode. That, that just blew my mind because I was like, well, a few minutes here and there. But when Ryan was like, nope, Kids don't even touch it unless they're talking to someone and then it's like a few feet away from them. Um, That's how important this is. I was shocked to hear that there's not a lot of research out there and there should be, um, especially from the United States. Like Europe is researching this a lot like crazy. You mentioned how Germany has been ahead of the game. That's where all your technology came from, correct? Right. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about why you've had to go to these countries to get this technology. Why, why are we lacking this knowledge? And like, because you guys finding people like Ryan is like a unicorn. There's not a lot of people that do testing like him and it really should be done all the time. So why do we have this discrepancy here in the United States where we just don't care really, but yet we're looking at Switzerland and Germany who are being extremely proactive about it. 
So one of the schools that I went to and some of the certifications I got was from the Institute from Building Biology. And it actually started in Germany back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. So after the World War II, Germany was pretty much destroyed. And so they needed a lot of housing and they needed it quick. Mm -hmm. So they built up a lot of this housing really cheap, really quick. And they found that people were starting to really get sick from their housing. In fact, people were getting so sick, they weren't even living in their house anymore. They were going out in towns and and living out in the forest. And so Mm -hmm. they did, you know, what Germans do and they took the the facts and they looked at everything. They said, Hey, what, what we're doing here with our buildings is, is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they started to create building biology standards, which is to create a healthy living environment yeah. and how the health of the building affects the health of us. Yeah. And so that school was brought over to the United States in the eighties. And unfortunately there's not a lot of people that are into it and that are doing that. Mm-hmm. But you know, building biology standards basically teaches that the health of the building, the building is like our third skin. And yeah. it's, it's extremely important to take care of our building and keep it healthy because it keeps us healthy. Totally. So on that note, can you talk to us a bit about the different aspects of, I mean, not just our buildings, but our environments that can cause issues for us? Right. So when I go into a building, the couple points that we look at is air quality. You know, the quality of the air that we're breathing in, extremely important. And we look in at mold, it is, a, it is a moisture of the building. So moisture is probably the number one damaging thing for buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does it rotten and deteriorate the building, but it creates mold and creates an unhealthy environment. Real quick, how many people do you come across that have mold toxicity and mold sensitivities and stuff? Because that's huge these days. There are so many people out there that are sick from mold. Yeah, it's a pretty common thing. I'd say at least one out of five people now are sick or suffering from some sort of effects from the mold because, you know, it's not really a mainstream thing that you would get diagnosed from a mainstream doctor for. Right. Right. So sorry, I interrupted you. So mold and then what else? So mold. And then we look at the water. So the water that we drink, extremely important. So the Mm -hmm. air we put in, the, the water we drink, and then we look at, is there any gas leaks? We look at allergens, we look at the chemicals that are in the house mm-hmm. and how they're affecting our body. We look at the total VOCs, the volatile organic compounds, and we look at uh, EMFs. And from EMFs, we break it down in a couple different categories. We have electric fields, magnetic fields, and radio frequency. And so, and we can talk about that a little bit more later because those are all different forms of EMF. Yeah. But, and then we also look at lighting. Lighting is important, what kind of lighting you have. And then we look at acoustics or noise, mm-hmm. break that down. Okay. And so all of these different things can kind of add up to create a problem for a person, right? And, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's really important for people to recognize is that if you look at any individual factor for the average person, that may not be a big killer, so right. to speak. And so when they do these official tests, right, the research on it, they're looking at a single factor and seeing if it affects a person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll find that, oh, there's nothing really going on here. So this must be safe. But how often are they looking at all of these things in combination to see how they add up to create problems for people? I'm not aware Mm -hmm. of any research that does Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Well, and what I'm, what we're recognizing and seeing a lot is, you know, since the seventies and since the nine, well, especially the nineties, like allergens in children have tripled, um, 
cancer rates in children has gone up by 32% since the seventies. Like, why are you smiling? <laughs> I think this is the, cause this is like my fifth time I've said that. No, because <laughs> like, I know it's important to some people. This is the first episode they're listening to. Like this, these are really important statistics to understand yeah, you guys, absolutely. because they're scary statistics. Like things are not improving and we're taking more and more medications and more and more antibiotics and we're getting sicker and this needs to stop. And we need to understand like, yes, nutrition is a factor. Yes. Our environment's a factor right. and like use these tools to help empower us so that we can heal our bodies and not keep hemorrhaging money and it, towards the medical industry. That's not helping us and, right and now. So what I just said is actually not accurate. We are looking, we are doing a big research study looking at the combined effect of all these different factors, but it's not an official one, no. right? It's, it's mm-hmm. what we're doing to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are using ourselves and our children as, as the guinea pigs. pigs in this big science experiment And what we're finding is that we are getting sicker and sicker and sicker Mm -hmm. in spite of spending more and more and more money on healthcare. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. something is going on. We're we're not looking in the right avenues. Probably not. Basically. So, I mean, we're turning to medications where we should be turning to Ryan and having our homes checked or turning to nutrition and healing our bodies. Right. Right. And so, um, so going from here, uh, let's talk a little bit about should we talk about like fragrances and the VOCs in the home first, or should we talk about EMFs? What do you guys think? I don't know. Maybe, maybe first let's talk about what we found with our home today. Oh, okay. Cause people who listen to this podcast a lot know that, that Jeanique and I are, we're pretty careful about our environment, we, right? Yeah. We, we try to be really careful about the things we eat, where we spend our time. I mean, you may know we moved to the Canyon, right? Mm-hmm. Into the mountains to escape all of the, the toxicity of city yeah. living. Yep. But in spite of that, when we did our, our testing today with Ryan, what mm. did we find? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I told Ryan, I'm like, we moved to the mountains to get away from the cell phone towers. And he pointed out to me that there were a few things in our home that were even stronger than cell phone towers. Um, and that terrified me because I had no idea, no idea. Can you explain to um, listeners like what that's all about? Because we all are like freaking out about things that we shouldn't be and don't recognize that there are things in our home that are really so bad for us. Right, exactly. So when I go into homes, a lot of times uh, people have the misconception that like, this cell tower that's a quarter mile from my house is cooking me to death. Right. Or the smart meter that's on the side or my neighbor's smart meter is cooking us to death. And so I pull out the meters and I show them the levels that are coming from those. And really the cell the cell phones that we have in our pocket are just as powerful as those cell towers. If you mm-hmm. think about it, they have to communicate back to the tower. Yep. So they have the same power level that the cell tower does talking back to the cell phone. So essentially everybody has cell phone or cell phone towers in their pocket. Yep. All the time. Around, all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they make phone calls and they put it right next to their head. And as you show with the meters, you know, 1.7 microwatts, and that's just a number to some people, but it's a very high number. Mm-hmm. So we want to be down in the one to 10 range for numbers in that level. So the Wi-Fi router is another one. That's basically a cell tower that's yep. in your house. Yep. And we're radiating ourselves in front of it all the time. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about like Wi-Fi's and having like everything plugged in? Like what is an ideal situation? An ideal situation is basically go back 20 years mm-hmm. back before everything became wireless when everything was wired up. That's an ideal situation because you reduce the, the wireless exposure tremendously. When yep. you get rid of the Wi-Fi router, when you get rid of the Bluetooth, when you get rid of all these wireless uh, devices in our home that are supposed to make things more convenient. Right. And that th- there's a pattern to what you're going to hear for the rest of this episode. And that's that a lot of the stuff that makes life convenient 
today mm-hmm. is also what makes life a little bit toxic for us today. So a lot of the recommendations that we're going to talk about in a bit, they are inconvenient, right? They require us to give up some of the things that have been really nice to have. But the trade-off for that is that we get our health back. Mm-hmm. And that is worth so much more than the ability to flip on the Wi-Fi. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, One of the other aha moments, you guys, that I had was when we tested our TV. Even with the TV off, that TV was radiating us like crazy. And so Ryan was like, hey, sell the TV and get a like a monitor or something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like things like your TV, you have no idea are like, and even when they're off too. Well, that's what we didn't realize is that our TV is never off. Right. We turn I've, off the power and it's still fully on. Mm-hmm. And you, you have still, to unplug it. Yeah. You have to literally unplug it. And, and apparently this is a common thing for smart TVs, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to get into the whole data collection scenario <laughs> that's going on with this. But the fact is that those things are constantly transmitting mm-hmm. if they are plugged into the power. Yeah. Right. Um, Why don't we talk about EMFs right now? Like, let's talk about like, can you explain to us? Okay. When people are talking about EMFs online, um, you, you mentioned something, how you thought it like how people talk about it is cute because we don't understand it. Can you help us understand what it is we're dealing with? Like, what is this monster we're up against? So yeah, when people say EMFs and they throw that term around, they're actually, there's three main components that make up EMF. So EMF is electromagnetic field. So the electro part is actually an electric field that comes off of our wires in the house. So the wiring of our house and also the power lines that run outside of our house, mm-hmm. they create an electric field as long as there's voltage on them. This next part of the electromagnetic is the magnetic factor. So magnetic fields are created when you have current that flows through the lines. So in your wire in your house, they're always producing an electric field but they don't produce in a magnetic field until you plug something in and create power. Mm-hmm. And the magnetic field is really small because the two wires cancel each other out. But you have devices that are fans that are point sources that will create magnetic fields and it radiate out. And so however far that radiates out depends on how much power is going through it and how big the magnetic field is. Mm-hmm. And then you have the RF component, that's the radio frequency. And that's at a much, much higher vibration And that's at a much higher frequency. And that's, you're talking about the devices that are transmitting data over the air. So your Bluetooth, your cell phone, your wireless phone, all those things that transmit over the airwaves, that's radio frequency. And so that's three different types of EMFs. You measure them with different measurement devices. They also have different effects on the body. Okay. So just to, to recap, so there's the electric part, which is all the wiring. Then there is the magnetic part, which is like the appliances Uh and then the radio frequency, which is everything that makes our lives extremely convenient. Right. And when I was talking to you, you were saying that the magnetic and the radio frequency are the scariest to you. Yeah. I would say the magnetic is probably the most scariest from my experience in doing this and going into homes is a really eerie connection between people that have had cancer or have died from cancer Mm -hmm. that have been exposed to high magnetic fields in their house. And I hear that way too often. Can you share with us some stories of what you have come across? Yeah. One example is uh, a gentleman I did a a job for a while back and I went down in his basement and he had a fly tying set up and he was into flying ties for fishing. And he had this old, really old school lamp it had a big magnetic ballast on it and it was powering a fluorescent light. And it was right on the desk, right about stomach level where he was working. And as I got into the room measuring with my magnetic meter, it started going off the charts. And when mm-hmm. I got over to where he would be standing working in there, 
um, the, the levels were way, really high, way off the charts, way safer than what you want to see. And so I told him, look, you probably need to get rid of this light because it's going to do some harm to you, possibly give you cancer or something. And, uh, he looked at me kind of, you know, with this look in his eyes, like, well, I can't really do that. It's my dad's. He passed it down from me, you know, and he died recently. And I said, well, what happened here? And I said that his dad had died from stomach cancer, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, I hear those kind of stories way too often. Yeah. So to me, the magnetic fields are the most dangerous fields. Okay. And that's like, that's really scary because that was right by the stomach. And you even told us the one part you admitted was you wouldn't even go near it. You oh, told no. him, you were like, I'm not going closer to that thing. Like you, right. because that terrified you. Right. You're like being radiated by that thing. is not even worth it. Right. So you made him like switch it off immediately. Right. Yep. So you guys like, that's how important these things are. It's, you know, we worry about x-rays. We worry about MRIs. Yeah. They're dangerous. This is also dangerous. Right. And like, it doesn't have to be, we can be smart about it. We can get things tested so that, you know, we can be proactive so that they're not dangerous. Right. But here's the thing is nobody knows this industry. Like, how are we supposed to educate ourselves? How are we supposed to empower ourselves when we're all just, I feel like the information out there, we're all just drowning in it. You know what I mean? So having you come out today and explain it to us and you guys, Ryan, like he doesn't just test your house. He sits you down multiple times and he almost like gives you a lecture because he wants you to understand what's going on and why this is important. And I so appreciated that. So, um, what other, like, can you share any other stories that were just like massive, like so obvious of what was happening? Um, just the other day, uh, I had a lady that, um, had, it was experiencing anxiety and sleep problems, uh, fatigue, uh, just general overall, not feeling good. And she'd been experiencing these for years and she'd gone to doctors and was taking medication and nothing was helping. And we were doing a full assessment on her home. And the first part, we usually go through the air and the chemicals and all that. And then after lunch, we started into the EMF stuff. And one of the first things that we do is we shut everything off in the house, everything, we power everything down. And then we go through and we take readings and we see what's the baseline level. After about 30 to 45 minutes of walking around her house, she's looking at me like, man, I'm actually starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, she started to get a, a little emotional about it because she'd never, she said, I haven't felt this good in a while. Wow. You know, it's been years and I've been you know, basically stuck in, in my house because I haven't been able to go out because I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And the house was making her sick. Wow. And just after, you know, 45 minutes of having everything powered down, she was feeling good. Then when we turned everything back on, she started to feel it again mm-hmm. and she broke down and started crying and got real emotional. Wow. It was very, it was a very good experience, you know, to see, and I see that, that kind of stuff a lot too. Mm-hmm. That, that story is awesome because that illustrates what you can actually do yourself right now. Right. And that is, you don't have to completely upend your life in order no. to have a lower toxicity environment. That might be the ideal, but what really can make the difference for you is doing a series of experiments. Mm-hmm. Just like Ryan talked about, you can go and turn off all the power in your house. See if you notice a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people out there are going to, maybe it's a small percentage of people, but if you're someone who has felt terrible for a long time and you've tried everything, try this. Mm-hmm. It'll take you a half hour max. Or just switch it off at night. 
and try that for a week and see how you feel. Do you sleep better? Do your kids wet the bed less? Are they waking up less frequently? Um, just little things like that, you know? Um, what's been so amazing about Ryan coming here today is that it's not like we need to move, move homes. We need to rip out walls. It's something as simple as changing a light bulb or like getting rid of dimmer switches, you guys. Oh my gosh, the amount of dirty electricity um, that it emits throughout your house, get rid of them. Like they're just not good. Right. Right. And that's one thing I want to clarify in dirty electricity. People look at that as almost like a separate component of EMF. It's actually a, com- a component of the electric field. So mm. it travels on the electric wire. It's a component of the, the power quality of your electricity. Yeah. And so this, instead of the smooth AC wave going up and down, you get these spikes in the power line. But if you stay out of the electric field, then the mag- the dirty electricity is not going to affect you. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And like, it's just such simple things like this. Um, we're going to put a link to a video that we took with Ryan um, when we, okay, I want you guys to listen up because we tested the microwave and I like, it was scary. It was scary. The amount of, is it? Is it magnetic or is it electricity that is being like thrown out from a microwave? What is so it? Oh, it's both. It's, it's, it's both. very high. It's RF. It's 2.4 gigahertz. And mm-hmm. it's actually the same frequency as our routers and our Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And it's electric. It's electromagnetic field. That's very high frequency. Okay. So when we turned their microwave on and his machine started like literally, like it would beep, 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 beep. We turned the, the, the microwave on you guys. It was screaming at us. Mm-hmm. And then we walked to the opposite end of the house and it was still screaming. As, like As far as separate, we could get away from the microwave and it was still at full blast. It was at full blast. But get this, like, this is the funny part. We could tell when my neighbors were putting on their microwaves because it like, it would bring up a similar frequency, right? Like, yeah, uh-huh. so as Ryan's going through the house, he's like, oh, a microwave's on right now. And it blew my mind that my neighbor is radiating us right now because their microwave is on. So one of the best things you guys, you can do for your health is one, if you have a microwave, recycle it or two, just don't use it. Well, right. b- before we go there, I have a question for you, Ryan. I've heard, in fact, one of the people I used to follow a lot is this guy named Dr. Greger, who is supposedly very research-based. His claim is that microwaves are totally safe. Can so, you, is that true? I mean, I would go ahead and tell him to put his head in the microwave and turn it on high for a minute and then and see, see if he still agrees with us on that. So has anyone ever done that? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're too scared. Don't want to die. Right. Oh, right. I, mean, I mean, anybody that says that um, ionizing radiation is not dangerous, just obviously isn't educated. It's not mm-hmm. a debate whether non ionizing radiation is bad for us. I guess the debate is at what level is it safe for right. us? Because microwaves are non-ionizing radiation and they'll cook your food pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Can you, they'll cook your skin. I mean, they'll cook you. Can you help us understand real quick the difference between ionizing and non-ionizing so radiation? Non-ionizing radiation is on the electromagnetic spectrum. It's everything below the vis- visible light. Okay. So any ultraviolet down is all considered non-ionizing. Mm-hmm. So ionizing radiation is everything that's above the visible light. So you got your X-rays, you got your gamma rays, alpha rays, beta, your cosmic, all that high, mm-hmm. high energy, high frequency is considered non-ionizing. And that's the stuff that will actually physically do damage to your cells, to your DNA. So like like an X-ray machine, you said, would be a good example of ionizing radiation. Right, yeah. Which is why they have to shield everything except right. for what they want to do. And there's really no debate on whether that's harmful or not. For yeah. Right. Well, what, what really blew my mind was um, I, 
I said, I was like, well, when I use my microwave, like once a month, I will stand in front of my children to like block them. And Ryan was like, there's absolutely no way you're protecting your children. Like, no, I mean, it is, he said teeny tiny. He bit. said like yeah. 1% maybe, but can you please explain to listeners like what is actually happening when that food is in that microwave? Because, okay. I want you to explain it because you're going to do such a good job with it. I, I was so, going to try and it's not going to come out good. So the, the energy, the energy of the device in the microwave is pushing and pulling on the electrons so hard inside the molecules of the food that is causing them to vibrate and rub against each other and create heat. Mm-hmm. And it's destroying them. And it destroys them. Like you can't really do destroy. that to electrons on atoms, you guys. Like right. that is, that's, that's radiation, essentially. That is radiation. You know what I mean? So, so the, the rubbing together is generating the heat that heats up the food. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we're basically frying. We're destroying food, it. Killing every living thing in it. Enzymes, proteins, amino acids, it's all just dead food. Right, yeah, you're completely destroying it. And then well, even though the microwaves are shielded or whatever, whatever, they're still blasting everything within a right 300 well, yard radius. It seems right. You, yeah. And you guys get this, like it's not even regulated by the government. Like microwave ovens or microwaves are not regulated. Why? Like, why is no one saying, Hey, everyone is radiating themselves with this. Like, what's the deal with that? I think it's not really considered a communication device. So it doesn't really fall under the FCC's guidelines. So they're only testing communication devices. FCC pretty much regulates just airwave communication devices. That's unbelievable so, because yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're Cause I was going to say like the, like our cars are regulated with the amount of fumes that are put out, you know, like we have all these other regulations, like mm-hmm. with something so, so damaging, like, would you say out of the, out of everything you tested in our house, that microwave test was the most toxic thing that could have been happening. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, and that's in everyone's homes, like Mm -hmm. everyone's homes. You guys get rid of your microwaves. Don't even give them to your friends. (laughs) Like don't have them radiate them and their kids. What were you going to say? No. So I was going to say, you can, you can say once again that, well, the research hasn't definitively shown that this is harmful to you and that's totally fine. But just remember that until they do the actual extensive research on this, Mm -hmm. you are the guinea pig. You are the test subject. Mm -hmm. And if you're fine being that, that's, totally up to you. That's fine. We're not. No. Right. And once again, if you are sick, if you are having issues, Mm -hmm. this is such a, an easy thing, right? This is the low hanging fruit that you can experiment with. Try heating your food up on the stove. It tastes so much better. I promise you. So much better. Okay. One other aha moment that all of you moms out there that do the cooking. Okay. Cause I told Ryan, I was like, every time I cook, I am exhausted. And it could just be like the mental fatigue of managing two little humans who are constantly making different demands. Right. right? You're all the time. Dish, like I want this instead. But I was, I was like, why am I so tired? And we measured the VOCs in the room before cooking. And then we cooked and it like, it was like through the roof. And why is that? Like what is happening when we're cooking and why do we need to know this? So just a clarification, it wasn't necessarily the VOCs, it was the high particulate matter. So the smoke level, but still that's dangerous. So what it's doing is just throwing a bunch of particles up into the air that we breathe down into our lungs and those really fine particles is similarly the same consistency of the smog and the stuff we have outside. Mm -hmm. And so that can get deep down into our lungs and get into our bloodstream. Mm -hmm. But the other important thing we were talking about is the CO2. 
And yes. The, sorry, the, the carbon, carbon monoxide. The carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. So, because it's a gas stove, you guys. Yeah, so if you have a gas stove, make sure that it's vented outside and make sure that you turn your fan on and use it mm-hmm. when you're using the gas stove because that's going to produce carbon monoxide. And that, that was a really valuable thing that we learned today mm-hmm. because we don't usually run our vent. No, when only when something's like smoky really do we smoky. switch it on like right. every time you're cooking you guys you need to put your fan on and open a window if you can because like you like that carbon monoxide um please tell uh listeners what you said about carbon monoxide machines and how they are well, the, not the detectors yeah the oh, detectors okay. and how they're not meant to detect like low amounts of carbon monoxide even though they, it is toxic to you right there so the carbon monoxide sensors that you buy at home depot and put in your house are set to a level to just below the level that's going to really seriously hurt you or even kill you because mm-hmm. they don't want everybody across America, those sensors going off whenever they cook and then calling the fire department. They're not right. set to a low level. They're not set to a, a level that will hurt you. They'll make you sick. They're set to a level to where if those things go off, you need to get out of the house immediately because you're mm-hmm. close to, to death. To so death. so by right. the time the alarm has gone off, it's almost too late. It's way past the healthy point, mm-hmm. right? So when you're cooking, you guys, if you, especially if you have a gas, like it's only for gas stoves, right? Any gas appliance, anything that's burning hydrocarbons and then put off carbon monoxide. Open your window and put your fan on all the time. If you're cooking eggs, if you're warming up oatmeal, like put that fan on and get air flowing because you do not want to expose yourself to carbon monoxide and then be exhausted all day. Because I wasn't, I'm not kidding. Like every time I cook, I am exhausted. And I'm like, Oh, I must've just been working really hard. And this was my light bulb moment where I was like, no, I am literally depleting myself. Like I am poisoning my, I'm suffocating. And that's why I'm exhausted. And I need to like go sit down and like take a nap. (laughs) And, and even if you don't have a gas range, the cooking still does create those particulates, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Ventilation, fresh air. You can never go wrong with that. I, I've heard that, I've heard that even toasters can create all kinds of that. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not escaping this if you just do like frozen pop tarts. <laughs> oh yeah. How are toasters? We didn't, we didn't even test that. Are they pretty bad? Toasters aren't too bad actually. Oh, not good. Too bad. Right. Okay. Oh good. <laughs> because that's like my fast food for my kids. I get the, those paleo little waffles and you just put that in when they need something in two minutes. But, but the point being that ventilation is really important. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that was one of the big takeaways for me was that ventilation can solve a lot of air quality issues as long yes. as you're not living in the middle of a smog fest, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, but just having fresh air moving through the house, especially in the winter where we tend to sort of bundle up yep. and close all the windows and doors. So, so as Ryan prescribed to us, even in the middle of winter, open your windows for 15 minutes a day and air out your house. It'll help you a ton. What does it help people with? So, and why is that important? So as we become more energy efficient and we get better building practices, we're creating our homes more and more and more airtight. The problem is we're not providing our homes with the fresh air that it needs. So back you know, in the early 1900s, homes were built, they breathe completely. And even up into the 80s, Homes were fairly not airtight, and so you would get a lot of ventilation, and the air outside would cycle through with the air inside. So the problem now is homes are so airtight that we put a lot of toxins and a lot of chemicals inside the home with cleaning products, with um, healthcare products, cooking. When we vacuum, we kick up dust. If you have any kind of mold problems, all that stuff is just stayed and contained in your house and compounding. Mm -hmm. So unless you open the door, open the window, get some fresh air in there, 
you're just compounding the problem. And so you just have the stale air inside your house causing all kinds of problems. And there were some spots in our house that had just crazy high levels of all these different particulates. Mm -hmm. It was, it was terrifying to see those numbers. And this is in a household where we thought we were doing really Mm -hmm. well with this sort of a thing. So can we talk a little bit about like carpets versus wood floors? Because that was my big aha moment. You guys, if you have carpets, you should like, and you only need to steam clean them. Is that correct? To get the particulates out, you just need to steam clean. If you have some serious stains in there, you might have to spray some healthy chemical on there or something to get that up off the mm-hmm. ground. But if you're just cleaning your carpets to clean them, go through the motion, get the particulates out, yeah. a lot of times you just need water extraction. You don't need to put all those chemicals on your carpet. In fact, don't. Right. Right. Because they're super toxic to you. Yeah. And how many times should people be doing that a year? So high traffic areas, I recommend every six months Mm -hmm. in a room that you don't use as much every year. Okay. And it's not just because they're getting dirty. It's because they're collecting dust. They're collecting dead skin cells. They're collecting insect parts, Mm -hmm. insect feces, Mm -hmm. collecting mold spores. They're collecting everything that you bring in from the outside, especially if you don't take your shoes off outside. If you don't take your shoes off, you're tracking everything in from the public bathroom to everything that was outside when you filled up your car with gas, all the hydrocarbons, the gasolines, Mm -hmm. all that's being tracked into your house and on your lawn. Now, if you have little kids that like to play around and crawl on the floor. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is getting on your kids now. Well, and you guys are probably listening to this and you're like, well, why is this so important? Do, well, does your child have allergies? Like, do they have asthma? Do they have like sinus infections? Do they have skin problems? Because all of these things, these particulates aggravate the immune system. And if you guys have listened to podcasts in the past, the issue that we're running in today is weakened immune systems. Like we are not eating well, we're not living well, we're not, you know, and so our immune systems are in overdrive and they're overworked. And so we have these issues like allergies and skin issues. And so these particulates are aggravating that they're creating more stress. And so does your child react to these kinds of things? Well, look at their immune system. If their immune system is strong, they might not have symptoms, right? But if their immune system is weak, then they might be extremely reactive to these kind of kinds of things. Have you seen uh, cases like that as you've been going into people's homes, like where children have had all of these lung issues and them just doing some simple cleaning stuff helped clear that up? Right. Yes, absolutely. And so also we could maybe talk about the rain barrel effect. Yes. I think that's a good analogy for, you know, we start life with an empty rain barrel. And as we go through life and we do, um, you know, we are exposed to toxic chemicals or we get sick from viruses or we maybe have vaccinations or we get into um, any kind of environmental sickness or toxins. All that stuff starts building up and filling up our rain barrel. And our body's immune system is kind of like the spout on the bottom, letting this water out. And so as long as our immune system can keep up with everything we're throwing at our bodies, we can keep our rain barrel at a good level. Mm-hmm. The problem is we start eating unhealthy. We don't exercise. All this stuff starts building up. And as soon as our rain barrel starts overflowing, then our body will exhibit all kinds of different uh, symptoms yep. and everybody's different and it depends on what your DNA is made of. And that's kind of how you're going to react to a lot of this stuff. And it doesn't really matter one specific thing that got you there was everything cumulative over your life. Yep. And so, yeah. Oh no, no, sorry to interrupt, but, but I, there, for me, there's two takeaways with that. One of them is that anything you can do is going to make a difference, mm-hmm. right? Anything you can do is going to help take the water out of the rain barrel. So it's not overflowing. The other thing is you have to 
look at multiple areas. Mm -hmm. It's not always a single cause. We get so many people come to the clinic who they're trying to find the one thing that's making them sick. And so they try everything for three weeks and it doesn't work. So they go back to what they were doing before and they try Mm -hmm. something else and they're not addressing enough at the same time because they're missing that concept of the rain barrel effect. That's really helpful. So if you're someone out there that has you, cause I get this all the time where people like I have done the perfect diet for years and I didn't see any differences. Like this might be something you want to look into. You want to, you might want to reach out to Ryan and like get your house tested because this could be the missing link or the missing factor. Because, um, if you are exposed to high EMFs or some kind of chemical or some kind of leaking, we found that there was a gas leak in our house and that over time could be extremely dangerous. It could be something like this that is hindering your body's ability to heal. Um, and, and I'll be honest, like the thing that scares me the most really is the EMFs because that is a hidden danger. It's, it's, it's invisible, you know, and it's what we don't talk about. Like we talk about chemicals a ton. Like everyone's talking about chemicals. Everybody knows perfumes are bad for you. They're endocrine receptors. They are inflammatory. They can cause so many things, but we don't know anything about electricity. We don't know anything about magnetic fields. And that is scary because they are so like when Ryan talks about like, and you guys, this is just me speaking from my opinion, but when Ryan talks about like the chemicals and when he talks about the electricity or the, the EMFs, like his hold for me, your whole demeanor changes because like, I don't know if that's like your baby or you're just passionate about it, but there's something to electricity that I think everyone, like we should get educated on it so that we can protect ourselves and really be proactive about protecting ourselves really. And that's all the more important because we are bombarded with messages from mm. the, the phone companies and really the, the government itself that, yeah. no, this is all fine, right? All the, the new technology that we are just hurtling into at light speed, it's yep. totally safe. Nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, can you give us your opinion on 5G? So, so 5G <laughs> is... At this current moment, 5G is using a lot of the same frequencies and airwaves that 4G is using. It's just a revised version of it. I think um, it's a little bit overplayed as far as the dangers. It, it's dangerous as far as all EMFs are dangerous. All radio frequencies transmitting through us are dangerous. Mm-hmm. The 5G is where it, 5G scares me a little bit is because they want to blanket the planet with this stuff. So mm-hmm. there won't be anywhere to really get away from it. Mm-hmm. And they want to connect everything. They want everything connected. They want Wi-Fi everywhere. There won't be any way to really escape this stuff. And that's the, kind of the scary thing. So if you're someone that doesn't want all this technology, mm-hmm. you kind of really don't have a choice because it's going to be all around you all the time. Right. Unless we put our stuff on airplane mode, right? Is right. that the best well, way to protect ourselves? Or what if you live in an apartment complex or you're in a townhome or you're in the middle of the city? Oh, Some people don't have the the luck and the ability to be able to mm-hmm. buy a home out, out in the mountains, you know, and, I didn't even think and get that. away from it. So, yeah, we're, we're super privileged that way. And that's something we talk about all the time that we have the ability to do these things for yeah. ourselves. A lot of people don't. Right. And that makes it all the more important that we educate as many people as possible mm-hmm. so that we can start to shift the social consciousness, so to speak. Right. But also so that individuals can do whatever they can to protect themselves. Right. And maybe now's a good time to start going into that. What uh, it might be really helpful for the listeners to get some takeaways. I, and I think that we've given a few out, but what's the the really easy stuff that people can do today to start improving their environment 
So one of the things I like to teach is practical avoidance. And that means that if you're not using it, turn it off. If it's practical to get away from it, do that. If you're at night, if you're in bed and you're sleeping, you don't need your cell phone on, turn it on in airplane mode. Mm -hmm. I know there's people that are on call or they have kids out and they need to have some kind of contact. But if you don't and you're sleeping, turn your cell phone off. And I even challenge my clients to go one step further and turn your power off to your house, to your, uh, and not to your whole house, but just to your bedroom. So find the circuit that powers your sleeping area and turn that breaker off at night and try it for a week and see how your sleep improves. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10 people have sleeping problems just by getting away from the, the Wi-Fi at night, turning the Wi-Fi off, turning your cell phone on airplane mode and shutting the breakers off to your room, see a significant improvement. All right. Everybody listen really closely to that. Rewind if you need to and listen to it again. Yes, it sounds so inconvenient to go and turn off the power to your room at night, right? You've mm-hmm. got to trudge out to the garage or whatever it is. But nine times out of 10, it makes a difference in your quality mm-hmm. of sleep. And- well, mm-hmm. well, and why is it so, can you explain to listeners why it's so important that when we are sleeping, we can't be radiated? So there's a couple of reasons why. And, and in the RF spectrum, the radio frequencies that are transmitted by our phone and our Wi-Fi are pretty close to the light spectrum. So it's almost like sleeping in your bedroom with your lights on. Mm-hmm. Your body, even though your eyes are closed, your body and your cells are still receiving these frequencies and it's so close to light that it's thinking that it's still light outside. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for your body to fully shut down and get into that REM cycle. So the reason that we want to shut the electrical circuits off is because of the electric field that's emanating out from the electric wire that's running inches from your head. So as you're laying down in your bed and you got the electric wire in the wall behind your bed connecting the outlets, you have this electric field that's radiating out up to six feet, positive and negative, positive and negative, 120 times a second, essentially mm-hmm. vibrating your cells. So from a cellular level, you're getting bombarded. You're, it's like your body's still moving. Mm-hmm. So you can't, it's hard to fully reach the sleep, deep sleep state yeah. when you have all these things going on. And so those are things that you can do that are free that mm-hmm. you don't need someone yeah. like me to come out and do. And you can try it for yourself and get your own opinion and see if it works. Yeah. If it does work, then you can take steps further to make that more of a permanent thing. Yep. There was one other thing that you mentioned earlier that I want listeners to hear because you, you mentioned when we're sleeping, things are growing, things are healing, things are repairing. You don't want to interfere with that because when we start messing with the DNA that is causing our cells to grow and multiply and heal, that's when we start getting mutations. That's when we start getting things like cancer cells, right? Absolutely. There's a reason why we need eight hours of sleep at night. It's not just for the fun of it because it feels good. It's mm-hmm. because that's when our body is healing. That's when it's repairing. That's when it's getting ready for the next day. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, if you're not sleeping properly, you're not going to wake up fully rested. Yeah. You're no, not going to heal. One of these days, Janique and I will actually get our own sleep taken care of so we don't feel like (laughs) such big hypocrites. And then we can actually do an episode on sleep Mm -hmm. because it really is so important. But one of the keys with sleep is that when you're getting good quality sleep, you tend to remember your dreams more. Mm -hmm. And if you are not getting consistently good, high quality sleep, you're far less likely to remember your dreams. So one of the really cool side effects, in my opinion, of getting better sleep is you actually, you wake up and remember your dreams and you feel rested, which is obviously the better one. Totally. There was one other thing that like it sent chills down my entire body when you mentioned one of the, the, the EMFs um, and how it plays into red blood cells or to like within the hemoglobin. 
Can you explain that to listeners? Yeah. So we're talking about the magnetic aspect of the whole EMF thing. And so in the magnetic field, you have it, it's pulsing back and forth 120 times, 60 cycles from your electrical outlets or from any place where the magnetic field is coming from. If you're inside of that field, um, people that have heavy metals in their body that have high iron in their body or have metal implants, all those things are being vibrated by that magnetic field. So iron especially is very susceptible to magnetic fields. Mm -hmm. So if you have high iron in your blood and you're in a magnetic field, that iron sitting there vibrating back and forth really fast. Mm -hmm. And of course you can't feel it because there's no sensors, pain sensors, but that's what's happening in your blood because of the iron. Well, and, and I'm like, there's no like research that I'm reporting right now, but that almost was like an aha moment for me because of all these, like this massive increase in blood cancers that's happening in children these days. Like it's scary. I think like blood cancers or certain types of them, some of them have even increased by 50%, you know? And so when you mentioned that and like how that interacts with the iron in like in our, like in our red blood cells, that's scary because we're, we're all just walking antennas for magnetic uh, fields and stuff. And so that's why we need to really pay attention and recognize, like I even, like one thing that scared me, you guys, is my son has fillings in his teeth that are metal and he had to have implants because when his teeth started growing in, they were rotting. And so when Ryan said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to protect my kid because him just holding a cell phone or like being near some kind of magnetic whatever. It's, it's way worse for him. People that have heavy metals, which is most of us because of all these heavy metals that we're getting through our food, that's making us even sicker, you know? And so these are things that if you have illnesses that like no one's been able to help you figure out, like this could be the missing key to that. If you have kids that are sickly or tired all the time or lethargic, like this could be the missing key to that you know, or, or the answer to that, well, you know, even if you think, you know, what's going on in your case, like, you know, for instance, that you've got heavy metal toxicity, mm-hmm. this could be exacerbating that totally right? because those magnetic fields are then stirring up those heavy metals in your body, mm-hmm. especially if they're in your brain, it could be doing all sorts of things to you. Totally. And again, like we don't have strong, hard evidence that all of this is in fact happening, mm-hmm. but do you want to be the guinea pig that finds out from personal experience? Do you want your kids to be the guinea pig? Yeah. Cause that's who it's affecting. It's not affecting us. We're already grown. You know what I mean? Like, well, well, I mean, we're still exposed to it, but yeah. they're being exposed to it from young. Right. I mean, we're giving cell phones to babies, you know, to, we did that to Tennyson cause he was so colicky. Every time we had to drive somewhere, he was screaming his head off. So what did I do? I put a phone in front of him right. and I had him listen to baby bomb and looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh. What was I doing? But, but when you know better, you do better guys. So don't let this freak you out. Like, I know this can probably be like really stressful and like triggering, but you guys like these, these simple things that Ryan is telling us to do, everyone can do it. And you don't even have to pay a dollar to do that. However, I do highly recommend you call him and have him test your house if you can. Um, Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So on that note, like we've talked about some of the stuff you can do on your own, but if you're out there and you're feeling like I need more help than this, I I need to get really serious about this. Um, how much are you able to help? Is there a limit to how far you can travel, Ryan? So what does that look right like? Right now we're kind of in the Southern Idaho area, Northern Utah, Wyoming area. So, I mean, we're based out of Sun Valley, but we can travel a little bit. And so what I do is I tell people that are further away than want me to come, you know, 
there's some travel expenses to that. But if you line up five or six people, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll waive the travel charge and we'll just go out there and, and bust out some assessments and let's figure out what's going on with people. Because ultimately mm-hmm. I want to get out there in the homes and uncover these problems. Because not very often that I go and do an assessment where I don't find a problem. Yeah. And a lot of times it's a problem that could cause a serious illness in the family. And so I like to get into the home before someone is sick. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of times people won't reach me or find me until they're sick right. because that's, then they're desperate. They're looking, they haven't been helped by the, the medical doctors. And so they come across me and I go in and we find the problem and we fix it. But I'd like to start reaching the people before they get sick, yep. get into the homes, do this testing and find out where the problems are to keep them healthy. Totally. Because what is that saying? It, the, the whole pound of cure or whatever. What is that saying? Uh, I'm going to butcher an it. ounce of prevention, prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's right. And yeah. that's totally true in this situation. Um, there was uh, one other, do you think it would, we would be getting too technical if you told people the red flag that you found in our house? Or would that be really easy to explain? So which one? The one with the... the <laughs> oh, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, um, yeah, we did have a few. So the, the magnetic field... Yeah, the, the magnetic bedroom. field with the water pipes. Yeah, yeah so we found a, a pretty large amount of current flowing on the water pipes going through the ground and then back into the transformer. So we haven't dug into that yet. So we spent all day just finding out what the problems are. And then I'm going to come back again and we're going to actually fix some of those problems. So what exactly is causing that? We're not hundred percent sure, but it's fairly common for if you have an older home, previous 2000s that have metal copper pipes, a lot of times they're grounded to your electrical panel. So if you have any kind of stray current or your neighbor has any kind of stray current, that current could find a path back to the transformer through your water line. It doesn't have a canceling path like the other wires in your house. So you're going to get a large magnetic field. And so in your case, you have that wire running underneath the corner of your bed. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a higher level of magnetic field by your bed, which is pretty serious. Yeah. So, so we've got this magnetic field that we're sleeping in and mm-hmm. we've got fluorescent lights in our garage, which is right underneath our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we leave those lights on overnight. Yeah. And we learned today that those lights are creating an insane magnetic insane. field. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to even try to count how many nights we may have slept in this just massive magnetic field and what it was doing to our bodies. Right. And again, the solution is so simple. You guys just switching things off. You know what I mean? Now the, the one with the water pipes, for instance, in the magnetic field, that's a little bit more technical. That's something you absolutely want to get on because that's, those are the things that cause cancers. For instance, those are the things that cause very serious health issues. Like I am so glad that we found that because what would happen five years from now, 10 years from now, you know what I mean? Would it be me or Tristan or the kids? You know what I mean? And when you're at that point, you think, oh my gosh, I would have done anything to prevent this, you know? And so being proactive about something so simple like that can, could, could change your life forever and you wouldn't even know it. Oh, and and here's another one actually that we haven't talked about yet that is very, very common, at least in this area in Utah. um, And that's radon. Radon. Can you tell us, Ryan, about what radon is and what we learned about our house specifically today? Yeah. So one of the things I do too is test for radon. I put a meter down in the basement. The first thing I do when I get to the house and at the end, we take an average of the whole day and we see what the radon level is. And that's 
the gases that come out of the ground that are a byproduct of radioactivity. And so right now they're the second leading cause of lung cancer behind cigarette smoke. And it's odorless. You can't smell it. You can't see it. It lurks in your basement. And if you have poor airflow, it can build up in your house and build up and build up. And you're breathing that in. The kids are breathing that in. And that is not something that's debatable whether that's unhealthy or not. It's the known fact that that does cause lung cancer. And that, and that comes from the earth. I mean, where, right. So it comes from the earth. Um, so this is one of those situations where it's not necessarily modern technology that is creating it other mm -hmm. than our ability to build homes into the side of the mountain. Right. Um, but it's just naturally there. And, and it's, Literally, even the government acknowledges that it is causing cancer. That's well, terrifying. Well, and one thing I think listeners need to know is if you're saying, well, I probably have a high radon in my basement, but that's okay. No one goes down there. Um, that's not okay. Because as you explained to us, um, the cold air or the hot air rises up, right? And it pushes the radon in. Do you want to explain that to people? Right. So it's called stack effect in the building science terminology. It's like you said, hot air rises. So as the hot air rises up to the second floor, it finds a place to escape and it leaves the house and you call, you have high pressure on the upper floors, but that creates negative pressure on the lower floors. So anything from your basement or your crawl space or your lower levels is going to be sucked up through your house, up through the different levels, up to the top level and out. Mm -hmm. So anything that's in your basement or if you have a crawl space is going to get pulled up through your house. Yeah. So, so the radon, all of those chemicals that you keep in the basement mm -hmm. or, or in the garage that's underneath your house, yeah. it's all getting sucked up into the rest of the house. Mm -hmm. Now, the, what are the, the legal limits for radon? So EPA sets a level at four, mm -hmm. four picocuries. And so I recommend anything above two that you fix, especially if you have kids in the basement or kids in the house in general. Yeah. In our house, our basement measured at 12. 10. 8.6 was oh. the average. It peaked okay. out at 10, but okay. it had an average of So, so double, double the yeah. FDA limit in our basement, which mm -hmm. means that the rest of the house is also way above the mm -hmm. limit that we want to have. Well, and here's the interesting thing it, that I learned about like at-home tests, kits and stuff is you can't just test it at one time in the day. Like you had your machine out there the entire morning and the afternoon checking the, the, the levels and the longer it was there, the more levels it was detecting. Like it was almost like marinating in the radon and the longer it was there, the more it could measure. Not because there was the radon going up, like does it fluctuate throughout the day or is it just because it was becoming more acutely um, or it was just testing it better. So like it, it does fluctuate through the day and it depends on uh, high pressure, low pressure. It depends on the weather mm. outside. It depends on if you have windows and doors open upstairs and the yeah. air is drying up. It depends on ventilation habits. Yeah. So there's a number of factors that will determine so the just, radon level. So just going in there, getting a quick little sample and then being done is not good enough. Like you need to measure it for hours and hours. It's not the, it's not the most accurate way. Okay. So, so if you guys, if you suspect anything like radon, for instance, and you, you have had it tested before and everyone was like, you're fine, maybe get it tested again and preferably by Ryan because he would do it better. I don't think I have ever come across anyone who has done such extensive testing, like all day testing. You know what right. I mean? There are companies that will come out and will be there for like an hour or two. We probably spent like eight hours yeah. like testing our house. Yeah. We, and we probably could have spent a couple more days if we mm -hmm. wanted to be really easily, thorough. Easily. Yeah. Because I don't want to waste people's time. I want to come in and test everything. I want to make sure that your house is truly mm -hmm. safe when I leave. Yes. I mean, when I was talking with Ryan and he was like, should we just do the electricity? And I said, I don't want any regrets. 
I need to do this now or it's never going to happen. One, because you live in Idaho, you know, but I'm like, but no, like I need to be able to sleep well at night because, and, and again, you guys, like, I guess my stress is a little bit high, but because we deal with so many sick people all the time, I never, ever, ever want my children to be sickly adults. Like I want to gift them the gift of health for the rest of their lives. And this is one of those ways I can do that for them. Okay. Because, go ahead. No, no, sorry to interrupt. But quick soapbox moment, right? Yeah. So we have this list of things that we need to do now, and it's a, a pretty extensive list. And it is easy to feel overwhelmed by mm-hmm. that, to feel like, oh my goodness, we are all going to die if we don't take care of this immediately. And we're looking at many, many thousands of dollars worth of changes here, right? Mm-hmm. I want to remind people that your emotional health is just as important to how your body does so as important. the stuff around you. And so- sacrificing your anxiety, your well-being in order to mm-hmm. worry about these things is also going to kill you. Yes. So absolutely. Don't, don't panic. Right? No. Don't panic. Your body is really really magical. It can just do things that you can't even imagine it can do. Totally. You just need to help it more. Yep. And that means every little thing you can do is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And the more relaxed you can be about that, the more optimistic you can be about that, yep. the better it's going to go for you. Yep. And again, it's such simple changes, like not plugging things into your bedrooms at night, you know, plug it into on the other side of the house, switching off um, all Wi-Fi's, you know, putting the cell phone on airplane mode every chance you get, you know, just little things like that, you know, yeah, it's a minor inconvenience, but you know, we shouldn't really put a price on health, right? So, um, anything else we want to cover? I have one more yeah. question, Ryan, um, aside from direct way that people can get in touch with you, but if they do live on the other side of the country, it's not really feasible for them to bring you out there. Is there any way that they can find someone like you or at least similar to what you do in other parts of the country? Unless they can yeah. just fly you to the other side of the country. Well, I mean, if they can, absolutely. But. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to travel. I mm-hmm. like traveling, <laughs> but no. So the building biology Institute has a great website and okay. you can Google building biology Institute and they have a tab on top that says find an expert and you can click on that tab and you can look for people like me in your area. Very so cool. some of those people just do EMF or they just do air quality. Some of them do all. And so you need to talk to them and find out and see if it fits your needs. And honestly, people, I think that Ryan is a a gem in the rough here because I don't know that there's anyone with the extensive background he has in all of this, Mm -hmm. having the electrical engineering degree, having done nuclear cleanup, having done all of the the, the sound equipment that taught him Mm -hmm. about EMFs. I mean, nobody else is going to have that. So hopefully he is able to expand his business a lot more and be able to cover the entire country. And that he deserves it and everybody deserves to have access to him. So website, phone number, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So yeah, so testmyhome.com. Real simple, get on there. Uh, We have a lot of information on there. You can kind of see more about who we are and what we do. And there's plenty of ways to contact us through the website. Awesome. Test my home. And we'll, we'll upload all the videos that we took today and photos and stuff. Um, Where can people find that? Uh, at our website, mygutsyhealth.com slash podcast. And, but, but like the photos and stuff, cause we're going to upload yep, videos. We'll, we'll upload it to the blog post. Oh, for the blog it. post. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. But I don't know what the link is yet. Cause it's not there. So. Okay. <laughs> so, so if you guys are looking for it, just reach out to us and we'll put you in the right direction. But Absolutely. these like you, 
everybody needs to see that microwave video because that was shocking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And all the other videos too, because they were equally as impressive. Maybe not as impressive as the microwave. They were all really cool though. Um, is there anything like any parting wisdom? Like what is it that everybody needs to know? Or like, how do you want to end this podcast? I mean, the best thing is just to be positive about your life and positive totally. about your environment and that know that the help is out there if you look for it and you want it and there's easy, you can become healthy and you can stay healthy. There's lots of ways to do it and don't get frustrated with the way the world can be sometimes. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love, I love that. that. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. your time. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been a great day. Oh my gosh. Totally. Like, like I, I feel like I see the world so differently and it's wonderful and empowering and you didn't just test my home. Like you taught me. Like Absolutely. you taught me how to be not an expert, but you taught me how to be something when it comes to this information. And I, I just want to thank you so much. What a gift you gave us. Yeah. yeah Ryan's like a member of the family now. Yeah, so really. The whole day together. He got to see all the nasty things. in her house. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, right. Ryan. Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.